My wife's favorite Bible verse is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. And she has an incredible work ethic. You know, our life comes down to our words and our deeds. They speak volumes, both of them, the power of the tongue and the power of our actions. We're going to look at that today in Colossians 3 on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Let me just read a little bit from Douglas Moo. He says, uh, let's go back. He says, the ancient household was often far larger than our typical modern family. He says, it is true that ancient slavery differed in some important ways from the slavery practices, for instance, in 19th century America. But it is also true that ancient and modern slavery in its various forms has in common the basic fact that one human owns and has virtually ultimate control over another. Some forms of employment in the ancient world and in in history comes close to the situation. And he mentions indentured servitude. But most employees do do not work in this kind of legally binding framework. It is also true that Paul's advice to slaves here enunciates some basic principles about how Christians should serve someone else that are broadly applicable. So in other words, you could put this into a modern framework of being an employee, but you don't belong to your employer. You may have to obey that person for eight hours a day or whatever, but they don't have the kind of ownership in your life that um, a modern employer would have or an ancient slave owner would have. So there is a difference, but there is an application here because what we do is we have relationships that we get involved with where someone has authority over us. And so how do we treat that person? What does your employer today think of your work ethic, for example? After hiring you, would they say, I want to hire more Christians from Living Truth Christian Fellowship? (laughs) Hopefully, right? But I know if I interviewed a lot of you and I said to you, when you were trying to find someone to work on an aspect of your house and they had the little fishy on their advertisement? And did that always guarantee that you would get top-notch service? I'm sure some of you would say, uh, no. Now, some of us have had great experiences with people in business who are Christians, but others of us have not. And so, one writer says, the New Testament does not condemn slavery or condone slavery because its focus is not on the condition of government or society, but on the condition of the heart. In another place in the New Testament, Paul will say, if you can be free, be free. But if you're in a situation where you are a servant, then be the best that you can be. Of course, this assumes that masters are going to do the right thing and those who are in charge of people are going to do the right thing. And I'll say this to you, and I think we all know this, that when people are given an authoritative position over another human being, it really is a test of their integrity and moral character. Because power can corrupt people, amen? And if you have a responsibility over a group of people, you can start to throw around your power and all of a sudden lose Christ's heart. John MacArthur writes, although slavery is not uniformly condemned in either the Old or New Testaments, 
the sincere application of New Testament truths has repeatedly led to the elimination of its abusive tendencies. Where Christ's love is lived in the power of his spirit, unjust barriers and relationships are inevitably broken down. As the Roman Empire disintegrated and eventually collapsed, the brutal abused system of slavery collapsed with it, due in great measure to the influence of Christianity. In more recent times, the back of the black slave trade was broken in Europe and America due largely to the powerful spirit-led preaching of such men as John Wesley, George Whitfield, and the godly statesmanship of such men as William Wilberforce and William Pitt. Christianity says we are to put on love, right? And when you put on love, you can't abuse people. That is not what this is about. Christ said, I did not come to be served, but to what? Serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So when the Christian gospel is lived out in a society, these walls come down. These chains are broken. And there are people today that are experiencing modern slavery. We know we have an epidemic right now of the sex slave trade. Where there are people in other countries, people who are impoverished and don't have a way to make an income and desperate, and they are often sold into the sex slave trade, and it is a terrible blight in our world. By the way, it's happening right here in the United States as well, where people are being abused and their stories are coming out more and more as ministry is now moving in that direction to help people in those situations. So over a lifespan, if we apply this to being a modern employee, the average worker will spend about 77,000 hours on the job. 77,000 hours. Think about it. If you are a person who works, let's say, 40 to 50 hours a week at your job, you spend a lot of time with those people, right? And that job often becomes one of your main mission fields, And even though you may not have a business card that says you're in professional ministry, whatever that is, we need you to be a Christian wherever you are. If this city is going to experience revival, if you're a nurse or a doctor or you're a construction worker or you're a police officer or whatever you do, you're going to have opportunities to reach people that I can never reach. And it's going to be your witness in the world that truly makes the difference. 50% of Americans will procrastinate at work and do absolutely nothing one full day in every five. That's from the day America told the truth. (laughs) One day in five. Hmm. And so we have a witness. And when we are at work, we have an opportunity to make a difference. Skip down to verse 23. Oh, go go back to 22 for a second. Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Here's the idea. Don't just try to look like you're working when the boss comes by. You're playing your little game, right? And the boss comes by, and then you try to look like you're working. That is not a glorious witness. Amen. (laughs) And all the dogs in the house said, woof. Anyway. (laughs) So there you go. You know, sometimes bosses, they may know a little bit more than you think they know. So you walk by a desk 
and uh, somebody's trying to look busy. You know, during the NCAA tournament, for you, those of you who are basketball fans, they have, an, they have a screen that you can download for your computer that makes it look like you're working, but you're actually following the games. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I remember some years ago, I was doing grunt work for a printing company, and the boss of the company was pretty well-to-do. And so one day they said, oh, the thing's are a little slow in the printing plant, so we're going to load wood at the boss's house, right? It was playoff time for Major League Baseball. And so I'm doing grunt work and unloading wood out of the car at this guy's additional home up in the mountains. And I peeked into the living room and he had the ball game on. I was like, that, that rascal, this is just wrong. I'm unloading wood while he's, and why is he unloading the wood? Why am I doing that? My witness for Christ was glorious that day. <laughs> Whatever we do, we're supposed to work hard. Not just when people are watching, because the Lord is always watching. The Lord knows when you're playing a game, right? If we ultimately have a master in heaven, we want to do our work as unto him. And so that's where verse 23 says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. NIV says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. The Greek word there is suke, often translated soul, as working for the Lord, not for men. In verse 22, the word for heart is cardia. In verse 23, it's suke. And sometimes you have heard that uh, an employee will be the heart and soul of a company. Or somebody might say, man, that person does their job with their heart and soul Poured into it. That's what we're talking about here. When you do your work, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. If you're mowing the, Lord, the lawn, not the Lord, mowing the, <laughs> the lawn, do it for the Lord. Not grumbling. If you're washing a dish, do it as unto the Lord. I'm trying to get this point across in my own household to the younger up-and-comers. Do it. As unto the Lord. I remember some years ago, I was at a men's breakfast. At, I think it started at 6 a.m. many years ago. Uh, an hour, I, I don't understand uh, Bible studies starting at 6 a.m. Some of you understand that. I don't. But anyway, I was washing dishes with a friend of mine, and there was this old pan in a church that had been around for 100 years. The pan looked like it needed to become a burnt offering. I mean, it was... <laughs> It had been used, there was stuff caked on this thing. And my friend, who was a pretty successful guy, it was early in the morning, he kept washing this thing for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, let's move on. I got things to do, people to see, places to go. He goes, this thing is going to be as clean as it's ever been. He was just doing it as unto the Lord. And when you see someone live their life that way, man, it makes a difference. You say, well, why should I do that? You know, some jobs just are not my cup of tea. I, there's some things I just don't feel like doing. Well, join the club. <laughs> I wish life was just things that I felt like doing. But we don't live our lives on feelings as Christians, right? We're trying to do the right thing by the power of the Spirit. Here's one reason that you should be motivated. You should know, look at verse 24, that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. By the way, slaves had no hope of inheritance in the ancient world. They had nothing. 
But they're told here, servants are told here, that when you do the right thing, you're going to receive a reward. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first... Time can really get away from you. The day-to-day hustle can sometimes leave little time for the more important things in life, like Bible study. Remember that Pastor Michael's teachings can be heard at any time, day or night, on walkintruth.com. You don't have to worry that you have to get out of the car right now, because today's teaching is already online, ready for you to listen when it's most convenient for you. Visit walkintruth.com today to hear all of Pastor Michael Lance's teachings to date. That's walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. And when you see someone live their life that way, man, it makes a difference. You say, well, why should I do that? You know, some jobs just are not my cup of tea. There's some things I just don't feel like doing. Well, join the club. (laughs) I wish life was just things that I felt like doing. But we don't live our lives on feelings as Christians, right? We're trying to do the right thing by the power of the Spirit. Here's One reason that you should be motivated. You should know, look at verse 24, that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. By the way, slaves had no hope of inheritance in the ancient world. They had nothing. But they're told here, servants are told here, that when you do the right thing, you're going to receive a reward from the Lord. All of us as Christians, we talk about, man, when I go to heaven, the one thing I want to hear is, can I hear it? Well done, Good and faithful servant. And you know what we think of? We think of uh, how often I read my Bible, how many people I witnessed to, and uh, you know how I did with spiritual things like church service and that kind of thing. But do you know that the Bible's application of well done is much wider than that? In fact, it has to do with how you worked and your witness in the world and your integrity. The well done, good and faithful servant is going to be much broader Because your whole life is really about ministry. Your whole life is really about being a witness. And the Lord is going to reward you. He's going to give the reward of the inheritance. Some people think that that is spiritual rewards in heaven. Some people think it's the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Notice repetition. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Uh, Recently, we went to an ice cream place called Frostbites. Anybody ever been to Frostbites before? A pretty unique name. Anyway, we were down in Orange County, and, and the two workers behind the counter, they were just having such a great time with their job. They were smiling. They said, did you want to try this flavor? And they had a smile on their face. You want to try it? It was late at night, probably about 1030 at night. You know, sometimes you go into a business, and it's around closing time, and you don't get the best treatment from the employees. Anybody ever been there before? You walk into a place, they're cleaning, and they all turn around all at once and give you this scowl like, what are you doing here? We don't want you here, but the business stuff on the window says we're open for 20 more minutes, so come on in. (sighs) What do you want? What would you like? Uh, uh, Some delightful service. Uh, (laughs) A smile, maybe. And doesn't it make a difference when someone who is maybe serving you at a restaurant, serves you with a smile. Man, they were giving us all these different, you want to try this one? Pastor Michael was in his glory. Oh, it was was wonderful. You want to try the the vanilla one with the strawberry? Oh, yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. 
You want to try the, the cookies and cream with the peanut butter? Yeah. And each time they gave me another one, they smiled about it. And it was great. So my wife looked up some <laughs> responses on, uh, what do they call that, Yelp? And uh, people were saying, hey, just go to this place just for the customer service alone. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Here, a couple people were behind the counter serving samples of ice cream. And they did it with joy. And sometimes we, we have maybe a good job and we get paid well and we don't have a, such a great attitude. So the good news is to be lived out in all our areas of life. We're going to be rewarded for what we did right, but look at verse 25. For he who does wrong will receive, notice, the consequences of the wrong which he has done and that without partiality. You know, there's the opposite effect where if we're messing around and we're kind of blowing our witness at work, one day we're going to answer to our master. Now, we all know as Christians, we're not going to face the great white throne judgment, right? We're going to stand before Christ at the Bema, but it would appear that there's verses like this in the Bible where things that we didn't do so well might get a little bit of a grade, not for salvation purposes, but maybe for, hey, you could have done better here. So would to God that right now we take a look at some of those areas, right? Would to God that we sharpen up some areas so that we get that together. The Lord says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Look at verse 25 again. It says he will receive the consequences. Some scholars say the consequences there are the natural consequences, like David experienced, although the Lord did deal with him there. But others say it fits better with verse 24, that just as there's going to be a reward for good we've done, so the wrong we've done will be dealt with. And notice it's going to be without partiality. You ever notice that we're really good at human beings at justifying our actions when we do them? Uh, I, can, I have a little wiggle room here. Me and the Lord, we're good, you know, we're fine. But you know what? The Lord is going to give an honest assessment of our life. Look at verse 25, end of the verse, without partiality. I don't know about you, I tend to be partial toward myself. I look good in most of my stories that I tell, right? When I caught a fish, it's always a lot bigger. But you know what? The Lord's going to take an honest assessment of our life. And there's a connection here to a delicate situation that was happening with Onesimus, who was a runaway slave. And um, the book of Philemon deals with his situation. And Paul had to tell him, you know what? You need to get right. You can't, you can't be doing this. You can't be handling your life in the wrong way. In fact, just take a peek at chapter 4. Look at verse 8. It says, For I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know about our circumstances, 4, 8, that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, he sent Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, that they will inform you about the whole situation here. Onesimus was a runaway servant. He, he blew it. And he was in the company that was carrying this letter back to Colossae. And things had to be made right, even though he was a Christian and his 
Uh, master was a Christian. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Now, masters are addressed, or you could say bosses or managers. Masters, chapter 4, verse 1, grant your slaves justice and fairness. The idea there is of equality. Knowing that you too have a master in heaven. So let's say that you are a business owner. You own a company. You're in a position of authority. You always have to remember that you too have a master in heaven. And your master is going to assess how you treated people who were under you. And the measure of your treatment of them is really the measure of how Christ treated those and treats those who are under him. What did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. The disciples didn't want to do it. And Jesus took the place of the lowest slave and he said, you call me master and Lord and that's what I am. If I, your master and Lord, washed your feet, you should what? Wash one another's feet. I've given you an example that you should do as I have done. When we serve others, even when it's unexpected, when you're in a position of authority and you maybe deserve to be served or it's the right you know, way of things, the right ethic is that you would be served, but you serve somebody else, man. All of a sudden, if you're a manager or owner, that gives you an opportunity to witness to other people. As we move from, we're moving from deeds to words, look at verse two. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. This is something we're gonna need to do if we're gonna be effective. Keeping alert, staying awake, in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. We've got to be devoted to prayer. Quaker Thomas Kelly says this, there's a way of ordering our mental life in more than one level at once. On one level, we can be thinking, discussing, seeing, calculating, meeting all the demands of external affairs. But deep within, behind the scenes, at a profounder level, we may also be in prayer and adoration, song and worship, gentle receptiveness, to divine breathings. What Thomas Kelly is saying is that there's a way to order your spiritual life where you could be meeting someone at work, but still on a deeper level be in prayer to God. You could be going, you know, doing a work project, making a presentation, and still on a deeper level saying, Lord, shine through me. There's a way to order your spiritual life in such a way where you can be in touch with heaven as you deal with people on earth, and that's how you're going to be most effective. That's why I think prayer is here. It might seem a little awkward at first, but prayer is here because the man or woman of prayer is bound to shine for Jesus Christ. Amen? So you, deep, you, uh, you dip your cup in deep, uh, as Martin Lloyd-Jones says, prayer is a duty, but it is much more than a duty. It, is, it should be a delight. It should be the ultimate expression of the Christian life. You're meeting someone at work, and maybe you're saying, Lord, I pray for this person's soul. I pray for their family. I pray you'll give me an opportunity to reach them for Christ. I pray you'll use my smile, use my voice, use my attitude. Let me be about your kingdom business here at work. I'm not talking about reading your Bible during company hours you know, I'm not talking about that kind of thing, but I'm just saying you being a Bible to others. Sometimes Christians get in trouble because they say, I'm being persecuted at work. I was reading my Bible on company time. I'm being persecuted. No, that's not persecution. You owe your employer the hours that he pays you for. Read your Bible at lunch, right? Find ways to win people around you. Praying at the same time, says Paul, for us as well, 
that God may open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been in prison. Paul said, please pray for me as well. I may be in chains, but the word of God cannot be changed. Look at verse four of chapter four. In order that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Sometimes I tell people and I try to practice this myself, Lord, teach me what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and when to be quiet. Amen? Yeah, we got to think about this one, right? You've heard it said, it's better to remain silent and be thought of a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Man, that's why we got to pray, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Well, we should seek the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord. And even after that, we need to wait for his guidance before we open our mouth. Amen. Well, I'd love for you to check out our website, walkintruth.com. If you're a new listener, you've been listening for a while, it's a good place to kind of catch up with the ministry, get a little bit more of an idea of what we're all about. You can listen to this entire teaching along with previous ones in Colossians and other books of the Bible as you check out walkintruth.com. You can listen anytime at walkintruth.com. Also, if you get a chance, leave a comment on the website. We'd love to hear how the program is being a blessing to you. And it really blesses us, our staff, those who are praying and putting out the program to know that it's blessing you. So check it out today, walkintruth.com. Well, the teaching on words and deeds continues tomorrow on this station. We'll talk to you then. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.